independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Revisionist history shall not be written on my watch and many others out there. And I say that because, uh, isn't it funny? Look, Trump and a lot of other people out there, uh, including myself, echoed, kids need to be in school. Kids need to be in school. Kids need to be in school. They do. They do. They do. And you were like, huh, it's because you want people to die. It's because you want people this. In fact, I said, once we come up with the vaccine, the first thing we need to do is vaccinate teachers and get them back in the classroom. That is the number one thing to do. And then everybody else who's younger and healthier needs to get back to work. and We need to live our lives. You hate people. No. What I love now is the revisionist history that we are seeing by the teachers unions in big blue states and big blue cities. Oh, Randy Weingarten them. Well, we really wanted to get back in the classroom. No, you didn't. You did not. You did not. You wanted to use the opportunity to grab something. Well, we didn't know. And if we're looking back on it, well, looking back on it, you wouldn't even have changed that. Yet the numbers bear out how bad it's been. Where should we start? Hmm. Well, let's start first and foremost with the fact that our kids are so far behind. Yeah. So far behind. Some people say it lost as much as, if they say, two decades of learning. I'm like, I don't get how you guys got there. But what I do know is the scores I see are not very good. Or not very good at all. Well, that's because of, uh, no, it's because it should never have happened. It was used as politics, which they say, oh, we don't want to bring politics in. You brought politics in it when you knew early on you weren't going to do anything. To try to get out of remote learning. Yeah. And it pisses me off when I'm seeing people talk about this, you know, on MSNBC and the Times. and Oh, my God. It was like, look, at hindsight, we should have done stuff. You knew early on. Everybody did. Europe did. Europe's like, this thing is not a spreader amongst kids. Here's the funny thing. Right now, there is something out there. Because remember... It's always about the it, it, it's always about the kids. Chad, it's about the kids. It's about the kids. Is it really? Because right now there's a spreader out there. Something that is hitting kids. I don't see us shutting down schools now. But I thought it was about the kids. Children's hospitals across the country overflowing with young patients sick with respiratory illnesses, some looking into pausing elective surgeries. 71% of the nation's roughly 40,000 pediatric beds filled the highest level in two years. Oh, why are we shutting everything down? Because you jacked the pooch already. And this is why when you look up and you see the numbers starting to change and the Democrats falling further behind in places... And it's not going to be a massive red wave that I think some people would want. Although, you know, I, I still think it's going to be decent. But these are the things right here that have pissed parents off. Have angered parents. 
who are voters. And what did I say when all this was going on? You're eventually going to come back one day and you're going to ask the parents to vote for something you want. You're going to ask the parents to to be on their side in situations when they're going to be pushing out a candidate or asking for more money. And the parents are going to go, nope. And you're finding that. You are. We're not even talking about the mental health side of this, which is tremendous. But it is funny that we have this new infection that's not a new, it's very, very common, that is now making our kids rather sick. And guess what? Well, it's a, it's a struggle, and we're not shutting down schools. I saw one school district, their high schools, 40% of them in California are, are absent. 40% of the students. 40%. We sort of have this unfortunate perfect storm because you have these seasonal viruses. We may have a bad flu season. We also may have a, a COVID variant in the rise. We'll see. Oh, it's a perfect storm. I can guarantee you now, if Ebola hits, you're not going to find many parents that are going to be anywhere near looking at teachers saying, you, you're going to shut this down? They're going to be like, no, I don't, I don't think so. The union's going to be like, oh, no, I don't no, no. Because no. you played politics and you used the kids to do so, yet there's something right now that is that is out there that's 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 upsetting. Well, first of all, we weren't in school. We didn't get the germs. We didn't get any of this nastiness that we normally get, which we learn how our body fights immunity. Our body's been doing nothing, right? It's been getting fat, dumb, and happy, if you will, at home, in particular with kids. But a lot of us. And yet now you're starting to see this explosion of a lot of kids getting sick. Where are they getting sick? In a lot of blue areas where the kids were home for a very long time. California, Boston, New York, we're looking at you. Chicago. It's insane. It is. These are the things that are the quote-unquote kitchen table issues. Economy, stuff like that. When you're talking abortion and woke wackiness... People have moved on. Sorry, don't care. That's Twitter. I live in the real world where I have real bills and I've got a real life. I can't do this. These are the things that I think are going to haunt the Democrats. They're going to haunt them. In a lot of places this year where you're going to see, and especially at local elections, see what places that are that are big and blue, see what they're doing now. They're realizing we're not going to win statewide elections. It's just not going to happen. But we can win school board elections. Oh. But we can win local, local elections. Ooh. So let's focus there. Yeah. And that's how a tide changes. We talk about flyover states all the time. Right. Read a great thing in Axios today about, you know, the Midwest is the least trusting course. Why would you trust when your news that you get inundated with on a daily basis outside of your local paper, your local station is New York, Los Angeles? Who are talking over you and down to you anyways? Why would you trust? Well, they probably wouldn't. But think about this in your state. There are flyover places. Right. Where California is a perfect example where you've got Los Angeles, San Francisco, right, Sacramento area. They fly over Central Valley, which is mostly red. 
New York, you've got upstate New York, you're just ignored from the liberal enclave. People are frustrated and they're pissed. And the most telling thing that if I'm a Democrat, I'm worried about right this second is the fact that you had a lead among women, independent women, right? The, the, the swayables by 14% last month, you're now upside down 18%. That's huge. Because at the end of the day, you peaked in an area where you thought you could ride abortion and some of this wackiness, and you didn't listen because you live in a, a snapshot world of these are my friends. We all believe the same. Therefore, everybody else outside of me believes the same. So this is what it is. And little things like COVID and the restrictions of insanity that are haunting our kids with mental health issues that we have never seen before. And learning issues that are absolutely out of this world and have set our kids back. Parents, remember. They do. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter Tweet at us, text the program. It's not just always about the economy. That plays a huge part of it. And by the way, this is economy-based. Schools, colleges, enrollment's way down. These kids are going to be put back a few years in, in a lot of ways. This is not a help for the economy long term. Yet it was pushed. It was, it was, it was told or else. Push, 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 push. You got to stay home and go look at where the big struggles are coming with this new respiratory illness. And guess what? You're going to find out. Wait, wait a minute here. None of that stuff seemed to work. Our kids are further behind. Hindsight being what it is, most superintendents said, well, we'd have done the same. So you hindsight being what it is, knowing you were going to screw up. You're the asshat that goes, hindsight being what it is, I would have still took the same route with the Titanic and crashed into the to, to the iceberg because, you know, I'm so sold for my cause. Clowns. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Rough Greens. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Here's something free that's actually really good. It's not crap. It's not useless. It's not something. It's called Canine Vitasmart. If you've got animals, you get dogs. You sprinkle it on top of their food. And you're thinking, okay, it's a supplement. So what's it do? Your dog's food is uh, it's shelf-worthy, if you will. It's meant to sit on a shelf. And Dr. Dennis Black, naturopathic doctor for 25 years, who put this together, realized the nutrients and all that stuff, it's captured in there. It's not getting out. They're just eating something to fulfill. They get very little of the nutrients in their body. This is what Vitasmart does. Canine Vitasmart brings all of that stuff out, adds extra vitamins, minerals, probiotics, mega-369. Boom. Your dog is going to be healthier, happier, more energetic. Try it now for free. By going to ruffgreens.com slash chat. What are you going to get? A free bag. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. Roughgreens.com slash chat. Roughgreens.com slash chat. Mike Lyons is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk about Ukraine. What's going on in there? Battle of Kershaw. I heard several generals say tactical nukes, new. No. Chemical weapons, maybe. Talk to him about that. A lot of other goodies to get to. And our countdown continues of scary movies. Number seven today. We'll have that for you as well. Chad Benson Show.
Running with scissors sounds great compared to this. Say woo! Staff said to me, you realize how many times you've been to Pittsburgh? The president on the stump and on the hunt today for Democratic votes in the key battleground state of Pennsylvania. Lunching with Democratic Senate candidate John Fetterman, who's neck and neck with Republican Mehmet Oz. Fetterman, one of the few contenders willing to be seen with the president, given his sagging poll numbers. The economy and inflation are among the top concerns, and nearly 7 in 10 voters think the president isn't doing enough. The Biden administration's failed policies that have created this crisis. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's weird. In sports, you fire the coach. You're not going to fire all the players. Uh, here, you uh, fire some of the players. And that's what midterm is about, firing some of the players. And that's, I think, what's going to happen. Uh, and whether you like it or not, right? So it's funny. It, but this is all politics, right and left. And I can't blame everything on Biden. And if you say everything is his fault, you're foolish. But that's that bias that we have now, that hero worship where my side does no wrong and only does right. And when we do something, it's only for the long-term betterment of the country. And when you do something that we think is wrong, it's because you hate the country and blah, blah, blah. No, uh, the reality is, is you're going to take the blame for stuff that you probably shouldn't. You're going to get credit for stuff you shouldn't. But overall, right now, this isn't an hour into your presidency. This isn't. You're now at the point where, yes, there are blames coming at you that you must take. And that trickles downhill. Does Biden deserve the blame, as every GOPer says? Yes. Why? He's the president. It's on his watch. The cost of gas, 241 before him, 383 now. It's up 59%. Cost of eggs, up 30% year over year. Leads people to be down on the economy. How do we know? 57% say their financial situation's getting worse. Only 23% say it's getting better. All bad for Biden. Yeah. Yeah. And you can look at the, the you know, his way that he has handled the energy crisis and the energy issues as a you can you can there's a direct correlation between a lot of this stuff look would it have been perfect where we were we going to be back at two dollar gas for forever and a day no consumption is a part of it but the fact is there's been a battle in the democratic party and in many places to continue to beat down the energy market and yet at the same time never really having a backup plan and we were energy independent we're not and in, in the energy that matters the most for a lot of people, which is oil. And that's a you thing at this point in time. And you're going to pay for it, especially in certain areas. Some people are going to hold serve. That's what happens. We got right, leg, got left. They're going to hold serve. But there's going to be some surprises. And every day you look, especially when it comes to the Senate, because I think everybody understands the House is the Republicans. Uh, when it comes to the Senate... What was supposed to be, uh, you know, 73% holding on to the Senate now is ticking down slowly, but surely 52% chance the momentum is in an area right now where the Republicans have it. And we've talked about it where they're peaking at a time that uh, is good. It's good. It's very good. Coming up, Mike. Lions is going to join us. We're going to talk about what's going on in Russia. Uh, it is a nightmare. You and I understand that because we've been paying attention. We understand what's coming up. Uh, they are battering 
many of the I think it's 30 percent of their power plants are completely destroyed. Some of other ones are semi operational and you've got nuclear you know, threats, not just about the weapons themselves, what's going on at the plant. There are serious issues here. And uh, we we've got to figure out what's going to happen, uh, you know, come also. November, because the Republicans, Kevin McCarthy, has signaled and we're going to ask Mike Lyons this. Because there's this weird faction in the Republican Party that seems to basically be on the side of Putin. And Kevin McCarthy says it's not going to be a blank check and it's not going to be funding a ton of funding the way it is now for Ukraine. And if that was to happen, what happens at that point? That's a serious situation there. And by the way, if I'm Putin, I'm hearing this, I'm doing everything I can to get every Republican elected. Knowing full well, if they cut the funding, there could be serious issues on the battlefield. And that could be their opportunity. We'll talk to Mike Lyons about that. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show's your Twitter. Chad Benson Show. Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. The war is raging on and it's continuing to rage the world's eyes while focusing at times on their own elections and their chaos and craziness. The reality is, is we still have to keep one eye on what's going on over in Russia and Ukraine. Joining us now, Mike Lyons, former retired uh, major in the Army and it, arguably the best. I mean, I, I can't say it. He's been with us since the beginning. He's the best military analyst I've seen. Uh, people love listening to you talk about this stuff, Mike, because you make it easy for them to understand. And right now, is there a battle for Kershaw that feels like it's starting to heat up and this could be something big? I, I think so, Chad. I think after looking at a map, it looks like the Ukraine military is trying to push Russia across the Dnepro River. Uh, that would give them a, a, a hard boundary between them and those Russian forces. Take a major city back. And then also there's another eastern offensive taking place where they're going to cut through Russian troops and kind of divide and conquer them. It really, it, it looks like the, from from what you're, you're, you're seeing and what's developing. I, I think that, um, you know, this is a real opportunity for them, you know, based on the fact that Russia doesn't have the troops in, in that region and HEMARS and all of the equipment coming from the West. So they'll continue to win this battle. The question is, how will you, uh, Russia respond? They'll go after the infrastructure. They'll go after their their um, you know ways to wage war. Their rail stations and the like. They're getting drone missiles now from the Iranians. So there's all of so many factors that are going to determine whether or not Ukraine's going to be successful. I, I really believe in the next few weeks. Let's talk about those drones, right? So there's kamikaze suicide drones, and some of the pictures and videos have been amazing because people are out on the street and they'll see them and they'll start shooting at them. And because apparently yeah. if you shoot them and you, you can knock them out of 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 the, you know, the air and, and it not explode. But it, how dangerous are these things? Because they just seem to be 
first of all, it's in Russia's hands. God knows how bad they're programmed and what's going to happen. But how bad is this going to be for the average citizen who feels they're away from the front line and there is some safety? Yeah, no, they're they're They fly low and slow. Not a lot of technology in them, but they loiter. They're deadly. They carry about, uh, let's say, 50 pounds of of munitions that if it hits an electrical grid or it hits something um, important, it, it will create damage and destruction. But they can be shot out of the air. The Iranians have brought soldiers to Crimea, in fact, to operate them because they have great range, 400 miles or so from from where the operators are. So they are uh, incredible with, you know, when they swarm, when they do different things, when they can get them to do. But um, but again, the Ukraine citizens and the constable areas, they're shooting them out of the sky because you can't because they fly so low and slow. They're kamikaze. They're kind of one and done. And that's it. Similar to our sling blades. They do the same kind of thing. Our switchblade drones, the same thing. Um, and they're, again, coming from Iran and, and giving the Russians more capability to go after that critical infrastructure. Talking to Mike Lyons, military analyst, as we just break down what's going on over there. Uh, that Those things, I mean, to me, it feels like, wait a minute, you guys are supposed to be Russia, right? The, 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 the great army. Uh, you're going and asking Iran, hey, give us some stuff because we're out of stuff. Is that is that what it is? Are they just out of things? Well, I think they they want different things. The kind of things that the Iranians can export quickly are drones. They could uh, buy them on demand. Frankly, uh, they're looking at about twenty eight hundred uh, to be delivered in theater, and um, Russia can't manufacture them that quickly. Um, they're starting to, you know, Russia still has cruise missiles. They have those things, but they they're also the short range ballistic missiles. That's the um, the S blams, so to speak. And what they do is provide Russia anywhere, let's say one hundred to two hundred mile capability again from. Crimea into that Donbass region. Um, ballistic, though, not guided. You've got to hit the target. That dumb technology, but they have them in mass. Um, so that's really what you're seeing here is, the, is Russia. No, they can't manufacture the kind of drones that the Iranians have on the shelf. Iran doesn't want to see Russia lose. And that, that's the issue here. They don't want to see Russia lose. And because of that, um, they're going to do whatever they can to help Russia at this point, knowing full well that things are getting things are getting more um you know challenging every day for the russian military they're talking about opening up another front in belarus for for example they're doing anything they can to try to distract what's going to become significant losses here in in the south in the south in the donbass region yeah you know they have uh, uh i've read some you know some some good reporting over the last couple of days that uh iran is is at the point now where there people are saying there are iranians on the battlefield uh, and, right. you know, based on the fact that all I see is pretty much extras in John Wick's movie now that are, are, are fighting for Russia in their jumpsuits. Uh, that's the kind of desperation the Russians are feeling. Yeah. And 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 Wagner is there. They've taken prisoners. They've done all kinds of things in order to try to gain an advantage because they've lost all that mobilization. They lost the six months of mobilization. They're not getting troops uh, there um, that, that they thought they were going to. They're not. They're showing up untrained. All, all those things. Um, so, so you know, Ukraine continues to win battles, but I still think Russia has tremendous capability. Winter is coming, and I think that uh, there's an opportunity for uh, Russia to try to really shut the lights out on Ukraine. We haven't seen that cyber armor getting yet. We haven't seen that happen. So, all of those things um, coupled with uh, the fact that. Uh, China still doesn't want to see Russia lose, and now you put the Iranians on the thing. It, it, it's all escalating. It's all escalating. Um, and again, potentially Belarus now gets in the game. They could possibly bring 20,000 troops into Russia to help uh, to help them support their, their mission in the Donbass. 
Talking to Mike Lyons, military analyst, as we talk about the uh, chaos craziness of of Putin and his uh, military, I don't know, maneuvers, whatever the hell he called it, police action against Ukraine. Uh, the, the, the indiscriminate bombing, has it ever worked where a nation goes, all right, we give up? Because I remember being a bit of a study of history, Berlin, London, you can go on and on where you start bombing indiscriminately and the people, instead of going, we give up, come and say, no, wrong. You're, you're making enemies uh, right now of people who want to push you even further out of the country, who don't want this thing to end. They want to destroy you. Uh, that's, to me, uh, like, is he not a study of history? No, yeah. It's, well, you've got Russia fighting total war, Ukraine trying to fight total war. Uh, no one, it, all that, those history lessons have been thrown out the back, you know, the back end, I think, um, because they're, they're Russia in particular has been lulled into this allure, believing that this this is today. Today's the day that's going to tip, and today's the day that, we'll, that Ukraine will capitulate. And as from 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 what I see, you see um, Ukraine completely um, re-energized. They they bomb, they get bombed in a playground, and it's rebuilt two days later. I've, the kind of will and spirit that is shown by the Ukraine people is incredible. But but history lessons are just going in, in the trash can as Russia just. Looks at this and, and they look they look at their DNA and they look and, and they look and they say, if they want to turn Ukraine into a graveyard, they will. They'll just absolutely wreck it. They'll level it. Um, and, uh, you know, the question is whether or not the Western allies will, will, will allow that to happen if it gets if it keeps getting to that certain point. We're, we're, we're talking about 90 percent of the electrical grid is gone out of Ukraine right now. And, and winter's coming. And I think it's, it's only going to get worse. And that's where those loitering drones are going to go and those short range missile attacks are going to go. They're going to start taking out infrastructure that they won't be able to quickly get back. Talking to Michael Lyons, we talk about what's going on over Ukraine. Let's talk about this weird fascination that people inside of the Republican Party seem to have with Ukraine's wrong, we were encroaching, America's bad, and Putin's got it right here. And, you know, you have Kevin McCarthy signaling, ah, you know what, we're going to see about funding uh, when it comes to uh, uh, Ukraine. Let's just say for the sake of argument, we he get they get a hold of the House, which they're probably going to do, and they decide, you know, we're not giving a blank check anymore. We're going to cut this thing back. Uh, what's yeah. that do to this thing? It hurts, um, although the Biden administration has really funded so much uh, to Ukraine for the next three or four years. And um, I'm not sure the Republicans will be able to dial that back. Maybe they could if they take control and uh, the purse strings and the like. But um, but their, their orders going out for the HEMARS, for example, it's not it's it's helping. They're going to Republicans are going to realize that it's not just helping um, Ukraine here. It's helping Estonia, all these other NATO countries now. Are ramping up all their military um, equipment, and that's good for business. And what's good for business is usually good for the Republican Party. So not a lot of people are talking about that, but I think um, I, I know, for example, you know, the, the U.S. government for the first time is on not in the priority of the of the manufacturing line. There, there's 60 HEMARS that we want for next year um, is is in second place versus the 98 that are being manufactured right now for Ukraine. So again, it just gets back to. I think once the Republicans take a close look at it, they're going to see that this war is still good for business. It's good for American business. And and that I think the rhetoric will kind of dial down. Uh, speaking of like being ready, uh, you know, our 60 are being put on the back burner. Heritage, you know, came out with a report about military readiness. And the reality is, is, you know, we've all been kind of fat, dumb and happy. We've had relative peace for going on 70 plus years. And how ready 
is our military should something go down. I mean, we can flick a switch better than anybody on the planet and do stuff. That being said, yeah. uh, you know, are we, you know, some of our stuff is antiquated and old, uh, but we've probably got stuff that we don't even know about that's amazing. But how ready are we today should something go down? Yeah, great question. And we always try to be able to fight a two-front war. Th- those days are over from about 20 years ago. Um, and it, d- it d- just depends on what the attack is. It depends on where we get attacked. I'm concerned about that Pacific battle should the Chinese sink one of our uh, aircraft carriers. That would be devastating. Um, it, the, the U.S. war machine just takes a while to crank up. And that's usually what happens. And, and the standing military is, is often or not uh, put in a position where they have to you know, fight with what, what they have. We saw that uh, in 2003 in Iraq. Um, we didn't bring a lot of equipment that we needed to have there at the time. I, you know, we are ready to defend our country. We're ready to, to work with our allies. The question is, you know, how much does our enemy want to go after us? And how creative will they be on the attack? And how much our deterrence will keep them from doing it. Deterrence didn't stop Russia from going in Ukraine. I, th- I think, though, there's enough deterrence now to keep Russia there. Uh, I don't see Russia going into NATO. I don't see that happening. Um, but I do, th- I do think you're going to see the defense industry for the next 10 years. This is going to be a boom. It's going to be a real upscale with regard to what's going on. Um, but readiness is always a concern. Uh, Mike Lyons, last question. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, he's our favorite, not only military analyst, we think he's the best. He's also the best uh, NHL official that we have out there working <laughs> in the box uh, for for the Islanders. Uh, I've heard and I've read a couple pieces, you know, uh, take it for which will. People not so much worried about, at least at this moment, any kind of nuclear thing that may happen with attack, tactical nuke. But they're worried about, in, in Kershaw in particular, this feels an MO like that he's seen in the past. And people are saying that chemical weapons could be brought into this. And I still feel like that's a game changer. Mm-hmm. Well, any of those weapons though, the military has got to be advising Putin that that really scorches the earth, creates a, a situation for, you know, you know, we, we can use that international pariah word over and over that. I think we're well past that now at this point, but um, the, the damage that that creates the persistent, if he puts persistent chemicals down, fires a nuclear weapon, you've got radioactivity there. It really does scorch the earth. Um, chemical weapons or terror weapons, uh, mustard gas, all the non-persistent, those ones are, um, you know, they'll, they'll eventually go away. They're used maybe, let's say, quickly in the offense. But, but, but the, the way this war has gone, um, it's not been the trench warfare that, uh, that has developed just yet from World War from World War I. Um, you're still seeing fire and maneuver on the Ukraine side um, accurate fires with the artillery. So I, I just don't know how they how they deliver that. I don't know how they control it once they let that cat out of the bag. So so you, they could they could decide they're going to fire a bunch of artillery rounds, with chemical weapons, and they'll kill they'll kill every Russian that's firing it because those rounds are leaking or they're they're in, they're not in a in a manner they've been stored properly. They blow up in the tube, uh, and next thing you know, you've got uh, you know Russian casualties instead of any, anything else on the enemy side. Uh, crazy man crazy 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 uh yeah. love having you on mike lyons uh as always we'll talk to you next week thanks so much brother thanks have a great week you too uh just it's it's ugly and it's nasty and it, it is a worry man when you go look and see about it, how ready are we and yes flipping a switch and we could you know i mean the fact is that one of the big reasons we won world war ii uh was the fact that we had manufacturing power that nobody had ever seen before and in a flip of a switch no matter what they could shoot at us we could give you two the next day and 
We'll see. We'll see. By the way, invest. I heard my client say basically invest in uh, all of the things that have to do with the military industrial complex. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. Raycon, best earbuds around. If you miss any of the great program, you can go grab uh, your podcast. When you do that, grab your Raycons. Put those on. Amazing style. Cool to to look at they're not these big giant white things sticking at you with a stem it's none of that stuff they fit right in your ear and they are awesome tons of colors but here's the great thing the fit separates them in ways you cannot believe never fall out of my ear wear them all day every day these everyday earbuds are incredible eight hours of talk time 32 hours of battery life three different sound modes you got the the, the isolation mode the awareness mode and just your regular mode on top of that price Price is awesome. Well under 100 bucks, And right now, you're going to save an extra 15%. Go get the best earbuds around. The everyday earbuds from Raycon. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Coming up next, number seven in my horror countdown. And is it based on a true story? Straight at Chad Benson Show. No need to socially distance while listening to your Chad Benson Show podcast. Four out of five experts say so. I'm a scientist. There is no corona. But hurry before they change their mind. You know they will. Chad's podcast found on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite COVID-free podcasts. Oh, my gosh. I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. This is the Chad Benson Show. You just can't let them go. Go. Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. Beware the moonlights. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. What an excellent day for an exorcism. I am Dracula. Hi, I'm Jackie. Wanna play? I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes. The devil's eyes. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? This is the Halloween countdown. We do every single year at this time. We've given you our first couple of them, right? You got the Universal Monsters, which is awesome. Trick or Treat, great movie. Yesterday, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, today, something completely different and something that is, well, if you're a horror fan, uh, the beginning of it is awesome and that's all you need to hear the film which you are about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths in particular sally hardesty and her invalid brother franklin it is all the more tragic in that they were young but had they lived very very long lives they could not have expected nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day for them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare. The events of that day were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's right, number seven today, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, based in part by a man named Ed Gein, who was a killer, the Plainsfield killer, who used to take people's skins and make things out of it and wear them cost $80,000 to produce and do everything, made over $30 million 
and spawned a franchise with a man named Leatherface. And they're still going. That's number seven today. And your countdown. Scariest movies. Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. What's up, party people? 18 days away from the hoot and the hollering. And once the hoot and the hollering is done, it'll be time for lawsuits because you know that's coming. Talking about the midterms. What will happen at the midterms? What's going to happen, Chad? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, I think uh, I think the Republicans are going to win. I think that is 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 going to happen. And I think there are a lot of reasons for that. One of them is the fact that, uh, quite frankly, uh, the Democrats have done a poor job in a lot of ways of defining a message that's worth a damn to the average American people, person out there. I just don't think they have done a good job for that. I think the other side of it is this. They've uh, they've they've jacked the pooch and some of the stuff that they did want to do. Uh you know, is and did do is coming back to bite them in the ass. COVID being one of them. I know it sounds weird. COVID, why are you talking about COVID? Well, here comes the next wave. But, you know, look at schooling. Look at it. Look how much struggle is going on with our kids. And you can point to, you know, because it became such a badge of courage. Right. To wear the mask, to get the shot, to defy Trump at all, all places. Anywhere you could. Whether it was where you're wearing one, I'll wear seven to show you my disdain. And that became a big rallying cry. Well, you know, I've got kids. I've got little brothers and sisters, uh, little brothers in particular, who are in school. One of them's in uh, just starting uh, in junior high. He's my adopted little brother. He's my nephew of my mother's adopted. Uh, this was horrible on him. It was. And the numbers are bearing out. Big time. Here's some of the things that they're worried about. College attendance is continuing to accelerate, uh, uh, could continue to accelerate as the decline in college attendance is happening. That could hurt the U.S. economy. Oh, how about this? They're worried that some kids are so far behind in reading that they're expecting in the next few years a massive dropout that we have not seen, maybe ever. Simple math, such as algebra, Things like science and the tech fields, because of what's happened, that is going to be out of reach for a lot of people. That's the struggle. And they're trying to rewrite history. So we didn't do that. No, 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 no. Yeah, you did. 
Randy Weigart, your entire union that, you know, I'm the part of the American uh, Teaching Federation Union. I'm the president, and we're going to stay at home. We're not going to do anything. We're going to, it's all about protection, 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 protection. Well, you know what? Boston, Chicago, Los Angeles, while all of the data, and believe the science, said, eh, COVID isn't the petri, d of, uh, uh, petri dish of death that the children are passing out, meaning they're not super spreaders. Even after that, they stayed closed. Parents remember that. You're more concerned about pronouns and masking than teaching. Parents remember that. And they're looking over and they're saying, you know what? What do the Republicans have to offer? And let's be real. Uh, I don't think anybody knows what anybody really has to offer until they get in there. But they're keeping their agenda quiet. But their message, and David Brooks in the New York Times points it out, their message is clearer. It's easy. Class, culture, status, war is what they're painting. But they're also painting, and this is, and, and you can go look at the numbers. What was once, remember what the Republicans were? They were the rich elite. Now the class is, it's the academic elitist, Twitter sphere following, latte sipping, overeducated, academia, coastal elites that are all Democrats. And that's the pushback. Ooh. Yeah. Push. Pushback. Case in point, they're losing Hispanics. Latinos. Yeah. Why is that? Because, first of all, they don't buy any of the woke crap. They don't want any part of that for their kids. Secondly, which people forget, they're pretty damn conservative socially. Vast majority of them are Catholic. They look down upon abortion and stuff like that. And the other thing is they look at the economy side of it. So I was talking to my friend Griselda Satino. She's a big reporter here and uh, at the, my local station. She's an award-winning reporter. She's awesome. Her story's amazing. I'm going to have her come on one day and talk about her story of how, how her and her family got here, how they hid inside of a sewer tube for a few days. It is a crazy story. They're now U.S. citizens. Parents just became citizens. It's, it's awesome. But she's been out talking to Latino voters, and she says, you know, what people don't understand is Latinos, everybody thinks, well, because you're brown, you should vote this way. She goes, no, they're not. They're not. Many of them are fleeing areas where the, you know, the Democrats would side with the, the leftist ideology in these places. They're conservative socially. My grandfather was born and raised in Mexico. Till the day he died, he used to call me Shad. Hey, Shad, I need to talk to you. I'm like, hi, Grandpa. He would tell me all the time. Border issues were important to him. But he was very socially conservative. And he would laugh because the Democrats would always try to put him in a box when they would talk to him and try to recruit him to come vote for so-and-so. And he would just laugh. Because the other thing is, he goes, I'm not buying into your regulation. I don't want any part of the crap that you're spewing. And the Republicans have that pathway right now that is huge. You top that off with a crime problem. 
They've got it. Democrats have it. And it's funny because they'll go, you know, in Oklahoma, because that was the big thing yesterday, you know, Oklahoma has a crime problem. They got more crime in, in Oklahoma than they do in San Francisco, Los Angeles and stuff. And those are those are numbers. That's not the reality of it. Would you rather live in Oklahoma City or San Francisco? Well, um, well, sounds sounds great, right? Which one has all the open air drug market? When you decide stuff's not a crime, because I guarantee if you took Oklahoma laws and you put them in San Francisco, those numbers would explode. But when you just decide willy nilly, uh, we don't care about you know you stealing anything. We're just not going to stop you, and we're also not going to respond to it. So don't even bother calling. Oh yeah, I never thought about that. And. Of course, the number one thing is nobody trusts you when it comes to the economy. At the end of the day, we could talk social issues. You could talk abortion. You could talk climate change. You could talk a lot of these things. But at the end of the day, Friday's payday. And people start to decide, how am I going to parse out this stuff so I can keep my head above water? Am I going to see a slowdown in my business? Am I going to be able to pay all my employees? Am I going to be able to afford the things I need to keep the roof over my head and the lights on? And those top issues right now are all heading in the right direction instead of the left direction. And the other big thing is, and this is something that I just don't think the left, their blind spot is, you know, Barry Weiss, when the New York Times brought her on, and of course she has left, and she's got a great substack, by the way. When she left, you know, when they brought her on the New York Times, because they were shocked that, that Trump won. And the whole thing was, is like, you guys have no idea. There are other people outside of Manhattan, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, Chicago. They're like, really? I don't think so. And they didn't want to hear it. And even now, it's the same thing. Right? They'll cover January 6th all day. Well, you hate Trump. Nobody cares about that. Nobody gives a flying bleep. It's democracy. You know what? You can look at it. Both sides have an issue where they think the other side is trying to destroy democracy. But at the end of the day, people have moved on from that. Well, it's abortion. Mm. Now, you guys talk about it. But the average person's doing other things, trying to survive. Stacey Abrams coming out today, essentially, you know, the other day going, oh, you know, it's a inflation abortion. You know, it's it's the same thing. Right. It's got an un at the end of it. And uh, if you just did more abortion, you'd have less inflation. Tone deaf. Reading the room is important in politics. And right now, the Democrats are struggling with that. Three, two, three, five, three, eight, twenty four, twenty three. At Jeff Benson shows your Twitter tweet at us. Text the program, little what's trending coming up. Plus, some really good stuff with uh, Coleman Hughes. He was on the other day with uh, this, this fellow named Joe Rogan talking about the progressives and why they're swinging and missing and the insanity of stuff like education uh, and, you know, meritocracy. And, uh, you know, and uh, it just, it, it's crazy. But he makes some really good points. Uh, yes, he does. Lear Capital, L E A R C H A D. Go to Lear. Chad.com. What you can find is an opportunity to look and get an investor kit for free with a 50 cent silver Kennedy half dollar on how to look at protecting yourself 
in inflationary times and uncertain times with silver, gold, and many other things that you can do with like coins and whatnot. And it is, I've got tons of them. Uh, I've always done that because I've been, I was in the investment industry and I understand it. And Lear Capital wants to show you, hey, come check us out. Let us show you what it is that we can do for you. Our first thing is let us educate you, get you comfortable. That's our number one goal. Quarter of a century, they've been doing this and they're doing it strong. On top of all of that, go look at their trust pilot ratings. Customers love them. It's amazing. And they do something nobody else does. They give you an opportunity where you can be with them and you make a trade and you get your invoice and you don't feel comfortable with it. They'll back you out of that trade. No questions asked. And you're not going to lose anything on it. How can that be? Well, they give you an opportunity to make that, you know, get the thing and then look at it and, and examine it because maybe you made some uh, knee-jerk reaction. They want you to be educated and comfortable. Find out more about by going to Learchad, L-E-A-R-C-H-A-D.com, Learchad.com, Learchad.com, Chad Benson Show. Helen Keller is a Nazi terrorist that is a male. Is that what you're telling me right now? Yeah. Are you thinking of Hitler? Who's Hitler? Vaccines work, but only the Chad Benson Show is 100% effective against stupidity. Do you know what D-Day is? D-Day. In person? A rapper? God, Karen, you are so stupid. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and wherever you find your favorite woke-free podcasts. This is the Chad Benson Show. Now it's time to find out what's trending. What's trending? Einstein, James Dean, Davy Crockett, Peter Pan, Elvis Presley, Disneyland, Princess Grace, Peggy Grace, trouble in the sewers. Norway, Oman, Pakistan, Qatar, Russia, Suriname. Leonard, Brass, Nap, Lady Bush, and Lester Banks, birthday party, cheesecake, jelly beef, boom. What's trending? Let's find out. What's trending on the old webs of the inter and the net, shall we? Whoa. What could it be? What could it be? Let's start in the uh, magical world of Twitter. Uh, number one trending thing, Taylor Swift. Midnight's Taylor Swift. There's a new album. Oh, thank goodness. I'm so glad. That's right. New album. I wonder who uh, who did she date that did something mean to her that this is going to be in some smash hits. I don't, That's not very nice, Chad. Just saying, Steve Bannon's trending. Don't know why. Don't care why, actually. The Panthers trending. Why? Because the Panthers made a trade yesterday. 49ers are trending, too. They traded Christian McCaffrey. San Francisco 49ers for a bunch of draft picks. The second, third round. Uh, Does that make them one of the favorites? Maybe. It's going to be interesting. I will have to say that for sure because I do like myself a little football. Uh, last night's game is trending. If you guys didn't see it, it was an interesting game. Lots of scoring. Amazon's got to be thrilled because Bezos was like, man, I paid a lot of money for a bunch of nothing. Yeah, yeah. But your numbers are still up, so you got to have a smile. Head over to Google. Saints and McCaffrey, number one trending thing from yesterday. Today, uh, it's Taylor. Oh, Taylor. Taylor, Taylor, Taylor. Uh, I can't wait to not hear that out. It's not very nice, Chad. A lot of people are going to hear it. I'm sure they are. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Ooh, apparently there's issues with some of the campaigns. Freaking people out. American Horror Story NYC premiered. What do you think that's all about? 
Like the lattes didn't. Oh my God, I went and there's people. Oh, I was so scary. And then somebody's like, oh, I'm wearing a MAGA hat. And I was like, oh my God. Oh. All quiet on the Western Front is trending. If you've not seen the trailer for it and you think, would I like to watch this movie? First of all, it is uh, not in English. I'll let you guys know that. And secondly, it is as real as I think you're going to get from the perspective of how horrific World War I was. So think about what Saving Private Ryan did, I think, for World War II that gave people the respect that it's not just them rolling up on the beaches somewhere. John Wayne gets out and he shoots his little, you know, shoots a cap gun and we all move on because you couldn't show the stuff that you showed you know, in, in, in Saving Private Ryan back in that day. That being said, this, I think, does this horror justice. So uh, uh, it debuts on the 28th in the United States, but uh, it is uh, it is just horrific to see, you know, the violence and how nasty it was. And the suffering and the just horror of that warfare, much of which is raging on in Ukraine now in a weird way. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter. A lot of stuff to squeeze into. I got my NFL picks. I'm 1-0, one, one last night. Although I did send producer Phil a text. I thought, this game's going to suck. It's going to be 6-3. to three. It was the exact opposite of that. Lots of scoring. Lots and lots of scoring on that game as well. At Chad Benson show. Twitter, Instagram, Chad Benson Show on Facebook, 323-538-CHAD, 323-538-2423. That's the text line. Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. The economy, the economy, the economy. That's what you watch out for, kids. The economy, if you are a politician. Keep it simple. Stupid, you know that, and I know that. Biden and everybody out there pitching said economy. Oh, look how amazing it is. Look how incredible it is. Look at all the stuff that we're doing. Uh, But not a lot of people are running on the economy on the Democratic Party. Not a lot are. It isn't. And in fact, uh, most polls now said, hey, they 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 really kind of peaked kind of early. And the things that they peaked on abortion, as the economy gets weirder and tighter with inflation, it's it's not something they're running on. And in fact, in many places, uh, they're 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 doing the you know, they're stiff arming the president. Polls are beginning to break in favor of Republicans, so the president has spent the week pushing issues that might resonate with voters, forgiving student loans, protecting abortion rights, and lowering gas prices. 
But many Democratic candidates in close races don't want to be seen with the president, including Senate candidate Tim Ryan in Ohio, who's trailing Republican J.D. Vance. I'm not relying on Chuck Schumer or the president. The president has done most of his campaigning behind closed doors. Yeah, yeah, for a lot of reasons. One, he's just not very popular. The other part is, is uh, I think they're worried, too. We we bring him out here. God knows what he's going to say. He's going to stumble around. I mean, yesterday he had an awkward moment again. Where where do I go? Where do I go? And it is. uh, You can't pitch the it's the greatest thing in the world, except for Putin's destroyed everything. And it's you. Your messaging is poor. Your messaging is poor. And. We don't fire the football team as much as we would think we would like to get rid of him. We fire the coach. That's the way it, that's the way it goes. It's got to go. We need a fresh voice. We fire the coach. Right now, coach has a four-year deal, and he's guaranteed to make it through those four years if he doesn't die or step away on his own. So we might have to do the opposite and get rid of some of the players. Does Biden deserve the blame, as every GOPer says? Yes. Why? He's the president. It's on his watch. The cost of gas, 241 before him, 383 now. It's up 59%. Cost of eggs, up 30% year over year. Leads people to be down on the economy. How do we know? 57% say their financial situation's getting worse. Only 23% say it's getting better. All bad for Biden. Fredo Cuomo there. All bad for the Biden. It is. It is. At the end of the day, it's still going to land on your doorstep. It is. It's still going to land right there on your doorstep. And you have to ask yourself, how do you pivot away from this? Well, if you thought it was going to be abortion, abortion, abortion was going to be the big thing. It's been great for raising money, but not much else. Not at this time. And it's not on the ballot. You know what would help, honestly, if it was on the ballot in states? That's when it would help. Meaning if, if choice was on the ballot, 100%, I think you would see people a little, you saw that in Kansas, you, you would see it, people maybe come out a lot more. I think people look around, I think on both sides, they're like, I'm not really excited about either of the choices that are you know in front of me, and uh, I'm not moved enough to get up and vote against somebody or for somebody. So turnout's going to be important. 323-538-2423, at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter Tweet at us, text the program, love hearing from you. One of the things about turnout that's going to be important is the fact that, as we've talked about it throughout the show, this, the elitism of the left, right? Everybody goes to college and they get the blue check marks on their Twitter and they live in the sphere of elitism and, and, and progressivism and how, oh my Lord, this is what it's all about. Uh, what makes me laugh is the pushback is coming. And, the you know, people don't want what they're selling. And you heard that last week as crazy as as Bill Maher called, uh, you know, and poor of a candidate that they that they say that Herschel Walker is. And you're not going to get my argument there. The fact is, nobody's buying what you're selling. And earlier this week, Coleman Hughes, a really interesting character, was on with Joe Rogan talking about he's a black guy. Oh, my God. Talking about the wackiness of progressivism. The backlash against progressivism, the number one argument people have is 
it's a racist backlash, right? It's just an explosion of alt-right, white supremacy, QAnon types that are mobilizing and trying to attack progressives. How do you make that argument make any sense when you have black and Hispanic people in New York rushing to elect Eric Adams, Asians in San Francisco getting rid of the progressive school board? How many more of these things have to happen before we realize there is a serious and legitimate argument to be had about all of these progressive positions and you can't just shut people up by calling them racist. Yeah. And the funny thing is, in many of these cases, these racist things that they want to do or that they say they purport is to 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 be the thing that they that they are going to help everybody are, in fact, racist themselves. That study that came out, was it last year that progressives talk down to people of color because they don't believe they'll understand it? And you're like, whoa. Well, yeah, because that's just it. Their, their, their racism is, I'm going to treat you like a victim, therefore you're not as smart as me, therefore you're not as, 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 as well-versed in the things that I am, and because you're a victim, I'm going to really, really help you by being the white savior. And you're like, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The other stuff they talk about, and I enjoy this, the equality of outcome, things that should be talked about more, should be preached more. Quality of opportunity and outcome are separate things. This idea of equality of outcome, like Jordan Peterson talks about this, how dangerous it is to have a quality of outcome. You can't have a quality of outcome unless you have a quality of effort, a quality of opportunity, and those things aren't real. You're going to have folks that figure out a way to be far more successful than other people. That's one of the reasons why we love sports. A guy like a Michael Jordan who's just so obsessed with victory. We love super winners. Mm -hmm. We love, and that's equality of outcome eliminates that. Yeah. And- you, that's why I love sports, the, the, the greatest of all meritocracies, the, the, the one thing that we have where effort and talent will get you over the hump and do things that just wouldn't happen otherwise. And there are people out there that are uber talented, they don't put in effort, and we always go, God, they really blew their chance. That guy had it all. That person was amazing. What could they have done had they not screwed up? And there are people out there that are, are, again, talented, but the effort is ungodly. Ungodly. They'll put in effort, man. They're the last, the first one in the gym, the last one out, right? So a quality of outcome, though, is different. It doesn't matter. Everybody gets to, uh, uh, everybody gets the same thing. Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets something. Everybody, it, it, that is not a win. It is not. It's not. And if we're always for life looking for fair, fair doesn't exist. Oh, everybody should have a fair shot, but it doesn't mean some people don't have a fairer shot than others. But you should get a chance to get up to bat. The philosopher Robert Nozick used to use this thought experiment about justice. If you think about the NBA, very few people are upset LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, RIP, and others for the fact that they make so much money because you can see how much better they are than you at the thing. You know that the process by which they got from A to B, there is no paying your way into being great in the NBA. There is, you know, sweat equity is, is what got them there. And so people have a sense that the process is fair. And when people feel the process is fair, they don't care about whether the result is equal. No, no. 
And that's that's a big thing. Coleman Hughes. I mean, if you guys want to learn more about him, he's a this is a guy who's a he's he's he is really a when you when you listen to somebody's voice about something, you're like, that guy, he understands, he gets it. A lot of other people don't. He writes for everybody from the New York Times to the National Review, Washington Examiner, I mean the Spectator. Uh, and he's a fellow at the Man- Manhattan Institute of Policy uh, Research. We're hoping to get him on next week. But that is absolutely so spot on. You knew the sweat equity right there, the putting in. So what I tell everybody, you know, like when I, 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 I went much further in soccer than I ever should have based on the fact that I wasn't going to give up. And I knew it was only going to be a tool to get me opportunities to do some other things as much as I love the game. And that right there, though, was the equity. You never saw me on a Friday night when I didn't go out with my friends, but instead I was working out. Those kind of things, you, you see that, and then it shows on the field. It shows in wherever, whatever thing you're doing in life. And if all of us end up the same place, regardless of effort, why would you try? 323-538-2423. At Chad Menson shows your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. Coming up, I'll get your football picks straight ahead. Right now, my pillows per kale bed sheets. Normally 90 bucks yours. 40 bucks. Yeah, your chance right now to get the best deal around when it comes to sheets. 250 thread count. Six-day money-back guarantee. Cool, comfortable. You're going to slide on into it and sleep on a million bucks, but you're only paying $40 for them. Six-day money-back guarantee. You try them, you don't like them. You're like, hey, you know what? I wasn't a fan of these. Send them back then. No questions asked. Deep discounts on all MyPillow products. The MyPillow. The mattress topper, which is my favorite, as you guys know. Towels. Yeah. And, of course, the sale of the year. And the Percale bed sheets right now, normally $90. Yours? 40 bucks, and you get this by going to mypillow.com slash Benson, mypillow.com slash Benson, mypillow.com slash Benson. At Chad Benson Shows, your Twitter, C H A D B E N S O N. Little football pick straight ahead. Woo woo! Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show, where we reach across the aisle and occasionally poke someone in the eye. At the box office this weekend, Dwayne Johnson's superhero dreams finally come true. I kneel before no one. With the release of the DC comic book universe film, Black Adam. Fighting for this movie for 15 long years, got a lot of no's. Black Adam expected to win the weekend, but estimates are all over the place. Most think it'll break 50 million in North America, something that hasn't happened since July. The new Julia Roberts, George Clooney comedy, Ticket to Paradise, might not beat last week's champ. Halloween ends for second place. I got to be honest. uh, Everything I have heard about Black Adam is not very good. It's 200 million bucks of not very good. And it's it's, DC doesn't know how to make movies. That's. Uh, they just don't. They they struggle in the movie making world, and uh, it just. I have this discussion all the time with people because so you know I've got my other businesses and and you know we're right now doing some animation. I've got a lot of we do some game stuff and and we were talking the other day because I, I work with nerds. I'll be honest, I work with nerds. They'll start talking nerd stuff, and I'm like nerds, nerds, nerds. It's me, it's me, it's me. And we were talking about like. 
they just don't know how to make things. It doesn't look, it looks at times cheesy. And I've seen the trailers for Black Adam, and I think to myself, it looks sometimes like it could be like a sci-fi Saturday night, just a little bit better than Sharknado kind of thing. Take the rock out of it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Plus, we're joking about, who's it? Is it the Falcon? Oh, what can you do? I can become a Falcon. That's uh, that's pretty stupid. But yeah, I have this thing I can hit things people with. Okay, well, that makes you feel better. (laughs) Who's the Falcon? Oh, my Lord. Uh, It is also the weekend, and as we do on the weekends, we like to talk sports, and sports is awesome. Uh, Football, baby. And last night, well, football was had. Uh, I'm already 1-0 this week. That's right. The NFL kicked off last night, week seven of the National Football League. Cards with a win. And uh, quite frankly, I joked, but producer Phil said it's going to be six to three because nobody was scoring uh, any points on Thursday night. Uh, That was quite the opposite. 42-34. Cardinals get their first win at home in a year. It's a win for me. Let me give you the rest of my picks this weekend. I am 50, well now 57-37-1. Browns, Ravens. Ravens are pissed, angry at home. They're going to beat the Browns. Bucks, Panthers. Go with the Bucks. Going to be closer than people think. Falcons, Bengals. The Cardiac Kids get a win there. Cowboys, Lions. Uh, Dak is back, so uh, expect a win. Cowboys win that one. Giants, Jaguars. I'm going to say this. Giants, 5-1. and one. What? They get a win there. Packers, Commanders. Go with the Packers. Uh, although, they're, they lost to the Jets last week at home. I'm just saying. Colts, Titans, go with the Titans on that one. Texans and Raiders. Raiders with a win. Jets, Broncos, interesting. Normally I go, easy win for the Broncos. Hmm. Go Jets. (gasps) J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Don't disappoint me, and I know there's a few of you that will text me and go, I can't believe you said that. I love the Jets. They're going to suck. 49ers. Chiefs. Now, if you guys haven't heard, 49ers pulled off a massive trade last night. They got Christian McCaffrey, arguably the best running back, win healthy, who can do anything everywhere all the time. Uh, but that's a big win and if healthy. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be in the lineup. Uh, either way, though, I'm looking at this and I'm like, it's still the Chiefs. And I think, I don't know if the Chiefs are going to lose two in a row. I just don't. I'm going uh, Chiefs on this one. Chargers at home against the Seahawks. Take the Chargers. Dolphins, Steelers, Sunday night game. Go the Dolphins. Monday night, Patriot Bears. Pick Patriots. There you go. You guys have your uh, list. Feel free to gamble everything away. I'm kidding. Don't do that, sillies. You guys. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Love hearing from every single one of you. If your grandmother did this, because uh, I think grandmas do do this. I think grandparents do at time. And what would you think if your mom said, Grandma and Grandpa rate you guys? Like, you guys are on a list. Board. She has a wooden board where she ranks the 10 grandchildren from 1 to 10. All of our faces are on magnets. I'm number four. This is the highest I've ever been. I did just get two new tattoos, though, so I'm a bit nervous about what that's going to do for my ranking. 
What do you think of my new tattoos, Hannah? Oh, this is what I think of your new tattoos. You got moved down the list. <laughs> I I believe it's in jest, but grandparents are weird. I was saying, uh, I dated this woman in England uh, when I lived over there, and her grandparents were really sweet and very nice, but there was three kids. There was there was uh, Hannah uh, was the oldest, and that's who I dated. And then I had uh, Cara uh, was the was the baby, and then there was Graham, uh, who was uh, you know the the, the midland, if you will. And the grandparents loved the older. They just didn't like Cara. And I don't know why. She was sweet little English, you know, the English rose. And they just didn't like her. And they would say that. Oh, we still really like Cara. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And I remember when one of them died. And uh, I had gotten the phone call. And I told, you know, the mother, because uh, I was home. And uh, I said to, uh, I said to them, you know, she goes, well, you know, uh, I said, I didn't know what to tell the kids. She goes, you know, you can tell the kids. And I said, so I told Kara and Kara started crying. And I said, why are you crying? She's like, oh, I don't know. They didn't even like me. Three, two, three, five, three, eight, twenty four, twenty three. At Chad Benson Show for Twitter. Tweet. Text the program. Oh, baby. If you miss any show, grab the podcast. Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. 18 days and counting till the midterms. And it's been, this is very interesting to watch it all. And, and David Brooks has a very interesting piece in a thing called the New York Times. I know. And he nails it with a lot of what you see out there, including arguably the, 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 the highest profile race in the country, which is happening here in my home state, or at least the state I call home, uh, Arizona, with Carrie Lake and uh, Kelly Hobbs, because that's what she sounds like when she talks. So if you guys don't know anything about this, Carrie Lake, former newscaster, right? She was an anchor on Fox for many years on the local station, and Katie Hobbs is the Secretary of State. And she was thrust into the spotlight in 2020 and she became kind of the darling of the left and they threw her on TV all the time. And she's like, oh my God, they were just really mean to me. And and there were some horrible things that were done, I mean, to her and said about her. But she became it. And I don't know if the Democrats wanted her as the it thing, but they were forced because she had raised so much money that, she was kind of the de facto nominee for the Democrats. And lo and behold, in the primaries, she doesn't even debate. She doesn't have to. She's taking on a guy named Marco Lopez who was like 50 points behind. Uh, and she kept saying, I want Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake was running against a woman named Karen Taylor Robeson. Carolyn, Karen Taylor Robeson is a she, – she worked under Reagan for a while. She was – she's – her and her husband are huge – 
huge business people out here. She's held several different offices. And Carrie Lake, though, grabbed the lowest hanging fruit. Carrie Lake did what Donald Trump did. Yesterday and all this week, I've been filling in on the three martini lunch with uh, Jim Garrity of the National Review. And he wanted more insight on, you know, the whole thing. And one of the things he talked about is the fact that people don't talk about Carrie Lake as a Donald Trump in a skirt, in high heels. That's what some people, you know, described her at. They say, no, what she is is she's all the things of Donald Trump, bombastic, all the things of Donald Trump, uh, you know, a, 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 a absolute fire starter, tough, in your face, all the things of Donald Trump. Again, uh, times divisive. There's no doubt about that. And you know what else she is? And he says, this is where Donald didn't have it. She's media savvy. Donald knew how to be Donald, which the media ate up. She understands media. Which I thought, wow, uh, that's something that is, that's a force. That's a force. In fact, she it's a close race. It is a close race. Uh, Katie Hobbs won't debate her. I don't want any part of it. She's mean. She's an election denier and, and all the things that you say. It's very interesting to see where this goes. But in David Brooks' piece, it talks about one thing, weakness. A lot of voters out there look at the Republican Party and the Democrat Party, and they look at the Democrat Party and they think, you guys are weak. You're weak. You're weak. Oh, yeah. Katie Hobbs won't debate. Why? Well, she's not good. Period. Case closed. Not even close. She's not good. Being on the air, talking to people, it's cringeworthy at best. And when I'm in, I talk like this about Katie Hobbs, and she does stuff like that. Oh, my God. But some of the other things he goes into of why they're surging is also the not understanding what's going on in the world, what the average person's like. We always talk about flyover states. There are flyover districts in your own state. There are flyover neighborhoods. Most people who are in politics, especially nowadays, live in a, in a, in a bubble that is very much an echo chamber and small. And they don't get that. They don't understand that. And that's one of the big things that has happened and I think a lot of it has to do with the, the advent of, of social media because you can reach a lot of people and not really have to do anything. You can surround yourself. You know, the, now there's a debate of whether or not we should even have debates anymore. Do town halls work better? Do, you know, certain things. What used to be better was you go out, right? You knock on doors. And that still works. Go look at that guy in New Jersey, right, who, who unseated that Democrat uh, last year in that special election. What'd he do? He spent like 10 grand total. He just walked around the neighborhood talking to people. Carrie Lake goes everywhere. She's all the time. She's 24-7. She's nonstop. She won't come on her afternoon show because my on-air partner and her got into a massive fight. If you want to go check it out, it's the Gators and Chad Show podcast. It was, uh, it was epic. It was like, it was like oh, oh, oh. Uh, I, I was like, hi. You know, but it was. Uh, but they like fighters. And the other thing is they like people that can pivot. Here's what the Democrat Party hasn't done. They haven't pivoted. What do they talk about still? Abortion, climate change. They did a $1.9 trillion, $1.9 trillion 
$7.9 trillion American Rescue Plan Part 55. Nobody's campaigning on it. They talk about democracy and holding it. Nobody's campaigning on it. They're campaigning on what? A little bit of January 6th, not much. They're campaigning on abortion. They thought it was going to be big. I said, I told everybody and everybody, ah, Chad, abortion is going to be huge. It's going to sway everything. It's not. And the women, in particular, the independent women, they're, they're losing out. So check this out. This is how fast this can change in this world. September. So last month, 14-point lead for women who are leaning Democrat. They're independent, but they're jumping to the Democrat side. Now, a month, that's gone from a 14-point lead to an 18-point deficit. The Republicans have jumped. Among independents, the Republicans across the board lead by 10 points. Why is that? They focus on the things that need to be focused. I've always said this. Trump turned this into something that was, and there's a blueprint. You don't have to like Trump. You can, you can be completely just looked at everything he's done and just, you know, just go, ah, he makes it sick to my stomach. That being said, he painted a pathway. Here's the pathway. Made it a bit classish. Ooh. Trump talking like Trump does worked. Why? What did I say about Hillary? She assumed. She felt entitled to the job. When she went places, it was more of a coronation. And the bubble that she lived in, those people thought all that they need to talk about was those things that they like, that they're interested in. Trump would go out and say, they think you guys are little. They think you guys are nothing. You guys are their serfs. Then he would say crazy stuff. And then he would say this, jobs. Then he would say some more crazy stuff. And he would say, Illegal immigration. Then he would say more crazy stuff and he'd say, jobs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Carrie Lake has done a great job of that. Carrie Lake, as you don't know, again, she is an election denier. She is all of those things. Yeah, yeah, she can be. There's no doubt about that. But I also realized, too, she is, you know, somebody said to me the other day, either she's a liar or she's ignorant. When it comes to this stuff, I said, or she's calculating. Well, what's that supposed to mean? She grabbed the lowest hanging fruit. She got in people's faces. And what did she do? She made, as he says, a very clear argument here in Arizona. And I think in many cases nationwide that Trump was doing. But he, she's done it, I think, in a more succinct way. And I'll tell you why. And David Brooks points this out. She made it class culture. And status war on common sense Americans. What's that supposed to mean? The blue checkmark Twitterverse is not the real world. But when that's your political taking and talking points, and they, you, you, you're worried about abortion, yet you're a 37-year-old suburban housewife who's got a degree in, in, in God knows what that you're never going to use. You've got two kids. You live in D.C. or a major capital city, and you're on Twitter, and you go on you know, you live this world where you think, well, abortion is super important, but you didn't do it, right? Abortion is the only thing you should think about because it's important to you. 
because you want your daughters to have the opportunity to maybe have an abortion one day. And you and your friends sitting around talking about Pilates and and all of these things. And, oh, my God, I got the new iPhone, you know, Apple iPhone 55. Those things matter. But to the working person. In a lot of these places across the country. To the other single moms, that that isn't an option of being able to live that kind of charmed life. Because remember, that's where Trump lost it last time. They'll talk about suburban white women kind of fled. She has made it a thing where you go out there and you say, it's about schools. No, five-year-olds shouldn't be taught sex and gender. Sorry. It's about homeless insanity running rampant. It's about drugs coming across the border that nobody seems to care about. It's about the fact that the media manipulates and plays a game. We've got corporations that are woke and insane and are willing to say anything to buy off peace and quiet on Twitter. And guess what? The average person goes, I like it. She's saying something. And guess what? And I think a lot of people are going to be surprised. A lot of people, as much as they may not like a lot of the stuff that some people say in certain areas, the fact is they can compartmentalize and go, All things being considered, well, I'm not a fan of the way that you look at the last election. I'm a fan of a lot of the other stuff, and I'm not a fan of what that person's selling. 323-538-2423, at Chad Benson shows your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. I keep saying it, and I'll keep saying it. You watch what happens with a lot of these races. There's going to be some surprises. There's going to be some surprise losses. But if the focus is moving in such a way based on the fact that people are looking at their checkbook, they're looking at the fact that they're getting stuff home from school right now, school's in full swing, and they're thinking to themselves, sweet mother of goodness, wow. Maybe this person over here is selling something a little bit better than this person because this person's been in charge for a while, this party's been in charge for a while, and they're doing nothing, and I'm not feeling good about the nothing that's going on. So it's time to make a switch. 323-538-2423. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. A lot of stuff to, uh, still to squeeze into. Mike Lyon's going to join us bottom of the hour. We're going to talk about what's going on in Ukraine. Battle of Kershaw. Uh, I heard several generals say, tactical nuke, no. Chemical weapons, maybe. We'll ask him about that. I also want to ask him about the Heritage Report that comes out, that came out, that talked about our readiness military-wise. How ready are we? And if we needed to, how fast could we be ready? 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Get a free bag of Rough Greens, vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and make a 369 put together by a guy named Dr. Dennis Black. It is a supplement for your dog's food. You sprinkle it on top of your dog's food. It brings out all the nutrients and the goodies that's in your dog's food, except for the fact that your dog's food is meant to live on a shelf for a while. So it's not as fresh, and it doesn't have the stuff the dog really need. You watch what happens. Just this little supplement will change, A, things like your dog's coat, things like their digestive tract and the way it's going to help them, their skin. And for my older dog, it's more energy and less joint pain, which is amazing. Right now, Dr. Dennis Black wants you to try it for free. He's going to send you a bag. All you have to do, nothing else is pay for shipping. It's a few bucks. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Chad Benson Show.
You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. Kevin Spacey did not molest actor Anthony Rapp when Rapp was 14 years old. That's the finding of the jury in Rapp's $40 million civil suit against Spacey. Rapp sued Spacey in New York, saying the former House of Cards star molested him while the two worked on Broadway in the 1980s. The jury took a little over an hour to find in Spacey's favor. The claim is one of several levied against Spacey, claims which derailed his Hollywood career when they first came out in 2017. He still faces criminal charges, accused of assaulting three men in London. Yeah, he still has criminal charges to face. But here's something, and again, I don't know what those criminal charges are. They're not here. They're in London. He'll have to go there and face that. But it didn't take them long to say, nah, we're not buying what you're selling, kid. Nah, 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 none of that. No, 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 no. It took the jury less than 90 minutes to agree Spacey did not molest fellow actor Anthony Rapp. Little things like that. Again, you know, the jury hears something. But it is interesting because uh, next week we're going to have on a uh, an author. And rarely do I find any of these things interesting. I get sent stuff all the time. I thought, ah, I don't really get this. You send me stuff and it's like, that's not what we're talking about. And, you know, it's not what, I'm, you know, I think the audience is interested in. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I will be wrong again. That I can promise you. But it is a study of a, it's an author and a doctor looking at social media, but looking at it in a way from the jury's perspective. Can we, in today's world of social media, of influence, of 24-7, 365 barrage of news, can we find people that are unbiased anymore, that don't know what is going on, that don't have an understanding of what may be happening in a case already. And I find it fascinating. So we're going to have them on next week. But it's a perfect thing where it's like the mini here. Ah, oh, it's an actor. He did something wrong. Of course, he totally did it. And, uh, you know, and, and you think to yourself, that's if I was on a jury, A, I know who Kevin Spacey is. B, I've heard all the stuff. But we also live in a time where news is biased. News is also wrapped up as, you know, or let me phrase this, entertainment in many cases is wrapped up as if it's news and facts. And so people will look at stuff and they'll automatically think, well, this has to be true. Yesterday, my uh, uh, a couple of the younger producers who work on our show, they're like, Chad, what's the difference between misinformation and disinformation? I was explaining to him, misinformation is, uh, I think this is right. I've got this information here. And uh, you tell other people, you show it wasn't done with malice. Disinformation is I know exactly what I am doing. And I know that a vast majority of what I'm saying is not real. But I'm still going to pass it on as if it's real. And for a lot of people out there, and I, and I think this too, it's got to be tough to be a juror in today's world where you get news so fast. And we have the TikTok attention span. And everybody comes into stuff now with guilt or innocent already based on biases. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show, your Twitter. Coming up! Oh, kids. Mike Lyons joins the program. Let's talk a little Ukraine. What's going on over there? Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show.
independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. The war is raging on, and it's continuing to rage the world's eyes while focusing at times on their own elections and their chaos and craziness. The reality is, is we still have to keep one eye on what's going on over in Russia and Ukraine. Joining us now, Mike Lyons, former retired uh, major in the Army and it, arguably the best. I mean, I, I can't say it. He's been with us since the beginning. He's the best military analyst I've seen. Uh, people love listening to you talk about this stuff, Mike, because you make it easy for them to understand. And right now, is there a battle for Kershaw that feels like it's starting to heat up and this could be something big? I, I think so, Chad. I think after looking at a map, it looks like the Ukraine military is trying to push Russia across the Dnepro River. Uh, that would give them a, a, a hard boundary between them and those Russian forces. Take a major city back. And then also there's another eastern offensive taking place where they're going to cut through Russian troops and kind of divide and conquer them. It really, it, it looks like the, from from what you're, you're, you're seeing and what's developing. I, I think that, um, you know, this is a real opportunity for them, you know, based on the fact that Russia doesn't have the troops in, in that region and HEMARS and all of the equipment coming from the West. So they'll continue to win this battle. The question is, how will you, uh, Russia respond? They'll go after the infrastructure. They'll go after their their um, you know ways to wage war. Their rail stations and the like. They're getting drone missiles now from the Iranians. So there's all of so many factors that are going to determine whether or not Ukraine's going to be successful. I, I really believe in the next few weeks. Let's talk about those drones, right? So there's kamikaze suicide drones, and some of the pictures and videos have been amazing because people are out on the street and they'll see them and they'll start shooting at them. And because apparently yeah. if you shoot them and you, you can knock them out of, of, of the, you know, the air and, and it not explode. But it, how dangerous are these things? Because they just seem to be, first of all, it's in Russia's hands. God knows how bad they're programmed and what's going to happen. But how bad is this going to be for the average citizen who feels they're away from the front line and there is some safety? Yeah, no, they're, they're, they fly low and slow. Not a lot of technology in them, but they loiter. They're deadly. They carry about, uh, let's say, 50 pounds of, of munitions that if it hits an electrical grid or it hits something um, important, it, it will create damage and destruction. But they can be shot out of the air. The Iranians have brought soldiers to Crimea, in fact, to operate them because they have great range, 400 miles or so from, from where the operators are. So they are uh, incredible with, you know, when they swarm, when they do different things, when they can get them to do. But, um, but again, the Ukraine citizens and the constable areas, they're shooting them out of the sky because you can't, because they fly so low and slow. They, they're kamikaze, they're kind of one and done and that's it. Similar to our sling blades, they do the same kind of thing. Our switchblade drones, the same thing. Um, and they're, again, coming from Iran and, and giving the Russians more capability to go after that critical infrastructure. Talking to Mike Lyons, military analyst, as we just break down what's going on over there. Uh, that Those things, I mean, to me, it feels like, wait a minute, you guys are supposed to be Russia, right? The, 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 the great army. Uh, you're going and asking Iran, hey, give us some stuff because we're out of stuff. Is that is that what it is? Are they just out of things? Well, I think they, they want different things. The kind of things that the Iranians can export quickly are drones. They could uh, buy them on demand, frankly. Uh, like they're looking at about 2,800 uh, to be delivered in theater. And um, Russia can't manufacture them that quickly. Um, they're starting to, you know, Russia still has cruise missiles. They have those things. But they, they're also the short-range ballistic missiles. That's the, um, the S-BLAMs, so to speak. And 
what they do is provide Russia anywhere, let's say, 100 to 200 mile capability again from Crimea into that Donbass region. Um, ballistic, though, not guided. You've got to hit the target. That dumb technology, but they have them in mass. Um, so that's really what you're seeing here is the, is Russia. No, they can't manufacture the kind of drones that the Iranians have on the shelf. Iran doesn't want to see Russia lose. And that, that's the issue here. They don't want to see Russia lose. And because of that, um, they're going to do whatever they can to help Russia at this point, knowing full well that things are getting things are getting more um, you know, challenging every day for the Russian military. They're talking about opening up another front in Belarus, for, for example. They're doing anything they can to try to distract what's going to become significant losses here in, in the south in the south in the Donbass region. Yeah, you know, they have uh, uh, I've read some, you know, some some good reporting over the last couple of days that uh, Iran is is at the point now where there people are saying there are Iranians on the battlefield. Uh, and, right. you know, based on the fact that all I see is pretty much extras in John Wick's movie now that are, are, are fighting for Russia in their jumpsuits. Uh, that's the kind of desperation the Russians are feeling. Yeah. And 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 Wagner is there. They've taken prisoners. They've done all kinds of things in order to try to gain an advantage because they've lost all that mobilization. They lost the six months of mobilization. They're not getting troops uh, there um, that, that they thought they were going to. They're not. They're showing up untrained. All, all those things. Um, so so, you know, Ukraine continues to win battles, but I still think Russia has tremendous capability winter is coming and i think that uh, there's an opportunity for uh, russia to try to really shut the lights out on ukraine we haven't seen that cyber armor getting yet we haven't seen that happen so all of those things um coupled with uh, the fact that uh, china still doesn't want to see russia lose and now you put the iranians on the thing it, it, it's all escalating it's all escalating um, and again, potentially Belarus now gets in the game. They could possibly bring 20,000 troops into Russia to help uh, to help them support their, their mission in the Donbass. Talking to Mike Lyons, military analyst, as we talk about the uh, chaos craziness of, of Putin and his uh, military, I don't know, maneuvers, whatever the hell he called it, police action against Ukraine. Uh, the, the, the indiscriminate bombing, has it ever worked where a nation goes, all right, we give up? Because I remember... Being a bit of a study of history, Berlin, London, you can go on and on where you start bombing indiscriminately and the people, instead of going, we give up, come and say, no, wrong. You're, you're making enemies uh, right now, of people who want to push you even further out of the country, who don't want this thing to end. They want to destroy you. Uh, that's to me uh, like, is he not a study of history? No. Yeah. It's, well, you've got Russia fighting total war. Ukraine trying to find total war. Uh, no one, it, all that, those history lessons have been thrown out the back, you know, the back end, I think, um, because they're, they're, Russia in particular has been lulled into this allure, believing that this this is today. Today's the day that's going to tip, and today's the day that, we'll, that Ukraine will capitulate. And as from, from, from what I see, you see um, Ukraine completely um re-energize they they bomb they get bombed in a playground and it's rebuilt two days later i've the kind of will and spirit that is shown by the ukraine people is incredible but but history lessons are just going in, in the trash can as russia just looks at this and, and they look they look at their dna and they look in, and they look and they say if they want to turn ukraine into a graveyard they will they'll just absolutely wreck it they'll level it um, and, uh, you know, the question is whether or not the Western allies will, will, will allow that to happen if it gets if it keeps getting to that certain point. We're, we're, we're talking about 90 percent of the electrical grid is gone 
out of Ukraine right now. And, and winter's coming. And I think it's, it's only going to get worse. And that's where those loitering drones are going to go. And those short range missile attacks are going to go. They're going to start taking out infrastructure that they won't be able to quickly get back. Talking to Michael Lyons, we talk about what's going on over Ukraine. Let's talk about this weird fascination that people inside of the Republican Party seem to have with Ukraine's wrong. We were encroaching. America's bad. And Putin's got it right here. And, you know, you have Kevin McCarthy signaling, "Ah, you know what, we're going to see about funding uh, when it comes to uh, uh, Ukraine. Let's just say for the sake of argument, we he get they get a hold of the house which they're probably going to do and they decide you know we're not giving a blank check anymore we're going to cut this thing back uh what's that do to this thing it it hurts um although the biden administration has really funded so much uh, to ukraine for the next three or four years and um i'm not sure the republicans will be able to dial that back maybe they could if they take control and uh, the purse strings and the like but um but their, their orders going out for the hemars for example it's not it's it's helping they're going to republicans are going to realize that it's not just helping um ukraine here it's helping estonia all these other nato countries now are ramping up all their military um equipment and that's good for business and what's good for business is usually good for the republican party so not a lot of people are talking about that but i think um, I, I know, for example, you know, the, the U.S. government for the first time is on not in the priority of the of the manufacturing line. There, there's 60 HEMARS that we want for next year um, is is in second place versus the 98 that are being manufactured right now for Ukraine. So, again, it just gets back to I think once the Republicans take a close look at it, they're going to see that this war is still good for business. It's good for American business. And, and that I think the rhetoric will kind of dial down. Uh, speaking of like being ready, uh, you know, our 60 are being put on the back burner. Heritage, you know, came out with a report about military readiness. And the reality is, is, you know, we've all been kind of fat, dumb and happy. We've had relative peace for going on 70 plus years. And how ready is our military should something go down? I mean, we can flick a switch better than anybody on the planet and do stuff. That being said, yeah. uh, you know, are we, you know, some of our stuff is antiquated and old. Uh, but we've probably got stuff that we don't even know about that's amazing, but how ready are we today should something go down? Yeah, great question, and we always try to be able to fight a two-front war. Those days are over from about 20 years ago, Um, and it it just depends on what the attack is. It depends on where we get attacked. I'm concerned about that Pacific battle should the Chinese sink one of our uh, aircraft carriers, that would be devastating. Um, it, the, the U.S. war machine just takes a while to crank up, and that's usually what happens. And, and the standing military is, is often or not uh, put in a position where they have to you know, fight with what, what they have. We saw that uh, in 2003 in Iraq. Um, we didn't bring a lot of equipment that we needed to have there at the time. I, you know, we we're ready to defend our country. We we're ready to, to work with our allies. The question is, you know, how much does our enemy want to go after us? And how creative will they be on the attack? and how much our deterrence will keep them from doing it. Deterrence didn't stop Russia from going in Ukraine. I, th- I think, though, there's enough deterrence now to keep Russia there. Uh, I don't see Russia going into NATO. I don't see that happening. Um, but I do, th- I do think you're going to see the defense industry for the next 10 years. This is going to be a boon. It's going to be a real upscale with regard to what's going on. Um, but readiness is always a concern. Uh, Mike Lyons, last question. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, he's our favorite, not only military analyst, we think he's the best. He's also the best uh, NHL official that we have out there working in the box uh, for for the Islanders. Uh, 
I've heard, and I've read a couple pieces, you know, uh, take it for which will, people not so much worried about, at least at this moment, any kind of nuclear thing that may happen with attack, tactical nuke, but they're worried about, in, in Kershaw in particular, this feels an MO like that he's seen in the past, and people are saying that chemical weapons could be brought into this, and I still feel like that's a game changer. Well, any of those weapons, though, the military's got to be advising Putin that that really scorches the earth, creates a, a situation for, you know, you know we, we can use that international pariah word over and over. That, I think we're well past that now at this point. But um, the, the damage that that creates, the persistent, if he puts persistent chemicals down, fires a nuclear weapon, you've got radioactivity there. It really does scorch the earth. Um, chemical weapons are terror weapons, uh, mustard gas, all the non-persistent, those ones are, um, you know, they'll, they'll eventually go away. They're used maybe, let's say, quickly in the offense. But, but, but the, the way this war has gone, um, it's not been the trench warfare that, uh, that has developed just yet from World War from World War One, um, you're still seeing fire and maneuver on the Ukraine side, um, accurate fires with the artillery. So I, I just don't know how they how they deliver that. I don't know how they control it once they let that cat out of the bag. So so you, they could they could decide they're going to fire a bunch of artillery rounds, with chemical weapons, and they'll kill they'll kill every Russian that's firing it because those rounds are leaking or they're they're in, they're not in a in a manner they've been stored properly. They blow up in the tube, uh, and next thing you know, you've got uh, you know Russian casualties instead of any, anything else on the enemy side. Uh, crazy man crazy 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 uh yeah. love having you on mike lyons uh as always we'll talk to you next week thanks so much brother thanks Jeff. have a great week you too uh just it's it's ugly and it's nasty and it, it is a worry man when you go look and see about it, how ready are we and yes flipping a switch and we could you know i mean the fact is that one of the big reasons we won world war ii uh, was the fact that we had manufacturing power that nobody had ever seen before. And in a flip of a switch, no matter what they could shoot at us, we could give you two the next day. And we'll see. We'll see. By the way, invest. I heard my client say basically invest in uh, all of the things that have to do with the military industrial complex. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. Raycon, best ear buds around. If you miss any of the great program, you can go grab... Uh, your podcast. When you do that, grab your Raycons. Put those on. Amazing style. Cool to to look at. They're not these big, giant, white things sticking out of you with a stem. It's none of that stuff. They fit right in your ear, and they are awesome. Tons of colors, but here's the great thing. The fit separates them in ways you cannot believe. Never fall out of my ear. Wear them all day, every day. These everyday earbuds are incredible. Eight hours of talk time, 32 hours of battery life. Three different sound modes. You got the, the the isolation mode, the awareness mode, and just your regular mode. On top of that, price. Price is awesome. Well under 100 bucks. And right now, you're going to save an extra 15%. Go get the best earbuds around. The everyday earbuds from Raycon. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Coming up next, number seven in my horror countdown. And is it based on a true story? Straight at Chad Benson Show. Don't make me wear your mask. Are you trying to kill me? What happens if you have corona? No need to socially distance while listening to your Chad Benson Show podcast. Four out of five experts say so. I'm a scientist. There is no corona. 
But hurry before they change their mind. You know they will. Chad's podcast found on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite COVID-free podcasts. Oh my gosh. I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. This is the Chad Benson Show. You just can't let them go. Go. Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. Beware the moonlights. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. What an excellent day for an exorcism. I am Dracula. Hi, I'm Jackie. Wanna play? I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? This is the Halloween countdown. We do every single year at this time. We've given you our first couple of them, right? You got the Universal Monsters, which is awesome. Trick or Treat, great movie. Yesterday, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, today, something completely different and something that is, well, if you're a horror fan, uh, the beginning of it is awesome. And that's all you need to hear. The film which you are about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths, in particular, Sally Hardesty and her invalid brother, Franklin. It is all the more tragic in that they were young. But had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected, nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare. The events of that day were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's right, number seven today, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, based in part by a man named Ed Gein, who was a killer, the Plainsfield killer, who used to take people's skins and make things out of it and wear them. Cost $80,000 to produce and do everything, made over $30 million, and spawned a franchise with a man named Leatherface. And they're still going. That's number seven today. And your countdown. Scariest movies. Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. 